0: All right, at last week's Kamloops City Council meeting, the city's acting social and community development supervisor presented to try and help counselors and the public understand the housing spectrum here in Kamloops. Well, I caught up with Ty Helgeson on Friday to talk about that presentation and also get some clarity on a particular comment that he made during the presentation regarding people being brought in on buses and essentially just being unloaded into homelessness here in Kamloops. So we get into all of that, but first we get a bit of a rundown on sort of what he was hoping to accomplish with that presentation, which was made to Kamloops City Council last Tuesday. Thanks for giving me the opportunity
1: to uh, speak today. The presentation to council Tuesday morning was essentially just an outline of the uh, social housing spectrum in Kamloops, the coordinated access system that allows people to access and flow through it, uh, the stakeholders involved and what their roles are, and just ensuring that uh, council and the city administration, uh, as well as the community, all share an understanding of those things.
0: Now, when you were kind of going through that process, I guess, what were you trying to to figure out in terms of what's available? Like, is there like a needs assessment that was kind of involved? Maybe that you hadn't actually do, but like looking at the whole spectrum and, and kind of going over what is currently available, were you able to maybe identify or, or think of some things of, of where there are current gaps within the city's infrastructure?
1: Definitely. There are a lot of pieces of uh, data and different plans and assessments Uh, that I reviewed prior to the presentation, so a lot of the, uh, and this is all publicly available information, uh, a lot of the reference documents for that were the uh, 2020 housing needs assessment, which is on the city's website, Uh, the 2018 uh, point in time count, the 2018 uh, affordable housing strategy, I believe. and a lot of the things that are identified in those documents are uh, the need for social housing for people experiencing homelessness, uh, the need for seniors housing, student housing, Indigenous uh, like culturally appropriate and safe housing, um, and housing for youth who are experiencing homelessness or, or at risk of it.
0: And, and, you know, how significant is the need? Is there one area in particular over those, uh, you know, those different subcategories that you mentioned? Is there one that seems to be in, in more dire need than others?
1: A lot of those are uh, are the highlighted areas of kind of severe need. Uh, one that really stands out is the need for, for seniors housing. Um, but additionally, that 2018 point-in-time count identified that 200 people in our community were experiencing homelessness at the time. Unfortunately, we needed to cancel our 2020 point-in-time count uh, just because of Mm COVID-19 and the restrictions around that. Uh, But we do anticipate that our homeless population is is likely still uh, near 200 people, so certainly a significant need there.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, unfortunate we didn't get to do that point in time count here in 2020, and and it is going to be going ahead in 2021, but I imagine that's a very valuable tool for you to be able to do these kinds of needs assessments and get a real accurate picture of of where the city actually stands in its homelessness issues.
1: Certainly, it's incredibly valuable to us to have reliable information and data uh, rather than just anecdotal information to share. So. Really looking forward to going ahead with the point in time count uh, in the spring of 2021 here, either in March or April.
0: Now, I did want to ask a little bit specifically to the issues on West Victoria Street, because I know that was something that you did discuss a, a little bit during your presentation on Tuesday. And one of the things I, I know we had talked about here, I think the last time we actually spoke was in regards to that uh, that working group that was in existence there between businesses, some of the social housing partners in the area, and some city of partners as well. Uh, I know you guys have kind of done a re, re, um, re-upping, if you will, of the agreement that exists. And I'm just curious how how those meetings have been going? Because uh, I think it was October. It was when the last um, last uh, agreement kind of expired. You've had a new one kind of come forward. Have you been getting a lot of valuable information from these sessions, and how are those sessions going in general?
1: Those sessions definitely produce a lot of valuable information. Uh, the social service providers, the municipality, uh, BC Housing the businesses all came forward with solutions and we've been trying to implement those. And so that group is a really uh, valuable place to get feedback as to what impact is actually happening on the street uh, with those ideas. Uh, Unfortunately, we had to actually cancel our uh, October meeting. Just uh, the facilitator couldn't make it and a few of the key stakeholders couldn't make it. So we didn't meet in October and then... Uh, for November, as you mentioned, we're going through a bit of a transition. Leadership of the group is transitioning from the municipality side to being more led by the businesses. Uh, so we're kind of uh, waiting in the wings at this time, just figuring out what the group is going to look like as we uh, reform and kind of pass over that leadership to the businesses. So. Uh, looking forward to the first meeting I think it's coming up shortly here and uh, we'll see how that
0: goes now obviously we're talking specifically about West Victoria Street when we're talking about that group and and of course you know it's it's a really well-known I think area of concern uh, here in our community about what's going on on West Victoria Street but I know you know when 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 these groups are meeting and they're having these conversations yes they're talking about a specific area but it is about you know a much wider problem right it's not just the issue on West Victoria street even though they're trying to pinpoint solutions for that specific area i'm just wondering if there's ever a point where you look at this group and say maybe it's a little bit too concentrated on one thing and maybe more partners should be involved i guess have you ever put any thought to maybe expanding it or or should that just be like a subgroup of a much larger thing that's happening in our city
1: Yeah, we have groups like this around most of the social housing buildings that go into Kamloops. So, for example, with Sparrow House and with Crossroads, uh, as they were getting going as social housing, uh, BC Housing and then Ask Wellness as the operator ran what was called uh, community advisory committees around those and provided similar opportunities for businesses to Uh, contribute some feedback and really allowed us to inform community integration. Uh, And that's similar to what has gone on along West Vic, and that's why the group is evolving along West Vic. Uh, There was just a lot of services and housing uh, located in one corridor, so it really didn't make sense to focus this group on one of the housing units or one of the services Mm -hmm. uh, like we generally would. So that's why we took this kind of corridor approach um, and now I think personally driving along West Vic at basically any time, I think it looks a lot better, uh, both physically and in terms of the social challenges. Uh, so we're definitely seeing progress. And I think that's why uh, this group is evolving towards um, similar groups to what we have across the city.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that you're you're, you're starting to see, personally anyway, some, some value from that, and you are starting to feel like you're getting some improvements there. I don't know that everyone necessarily feels that way, but I'm happy that, that you're at least seeing it that way. I did want to ask about one specific thing that you did say on Tuesday, because it got a little bit of traction on, on our website when one of our reporters came forward with it, and it was in regards to Vision Quest. Um, you, you basically had talked a little bit during your presentation about how uh, the, the facility itself was... Was dropping people off in, in downtown Kamloops, and there was some concern with that. Well, I, I spoke with Vision Quest, and they said, well, we've only dropped off one person at a social housing unit in downtown Kamloops in the last four months, and it's a very much last resort type of situation for them. Um, just the way that you would kind of phrase that, it, it sounded like it was almost a chronic problem, so I'm just getting kind of uh, contradicting views here based on what you said compared to what they said, and, and I don't know, who. maybe you need to clarify what you meant, but just kind of what are you hearing? Where is this coming from? from that it seems to be a significant problem
1: i appreciate the opportunity to clarify um, what i stated uh, in the council presentation on tuesday i think it's important to clarify that the uh, point around vision quest was approximately 30 seconds of a uh, i would say 35 minute presentation and so there was not a lot of content context granted, and I really didn't uh, cover the full story there. It was just mentioned in passing as uh, one of the challenges and contributors to uh, homelessness in Kamloops, but uh, to really elaborate on it, um, I just need to explain that in this role, it is quite frequent that we receive, uh, and quite often they're unfactual, Uh, allegations against some of our social service providers. As a municipality, we take those seriously and we do uh, talk to the the service providers and we look into these things. And so one of the ones that we hear most frequently is that uh, either Ask Wellness or CMHA or somebody uh, brings busloads of people into Kamloops to use social housing or that other communities send us busloads of people. Um, and neither of those statements is, is even remotely factual or has ever been, um, you know, proven in any way, but, and this is what I stated at council, there was one instance where it came to us through the hired security along West Vic, that there was a van that had dropped some people off and dropped them off in front of Emerald Center. And so we started looking into, um, where this van had come from. And CMHA, who operates Emerald Center, wasn't aware of it. We weren't aware of it. Bylaws weren't aware of it. RCMP wasn't aware of it. So uh, we had to look into it. And eventually we found that the van was from Vision Quest. So in terms of whether it was once or whether it's a chronic issue, I can't speak to that. I'm not sure how frequently it's happened or if it was a one-time instance. But in follow-up to that finding, myself and other teams of the city's uh, administration team, as well as two councillors and Sid Leckie from RCMP, went to Vision Quest and toured their facilities. And so I have to say that we have an appreciation for what they do there. Uh, They do provincial intake, recovery, and then when clients want to discharge, Vision Quest has a mandate to ensure that they go somewhere that they have a safe place to stay. So they work with those clients to try to connect them with their home communities, to try to get them back to um, potentially their families or their friends, to find housing for them. But where the gap in the system is, is if they can't transport them back to either their home community or an alternative safe place to stay, their mandate dictates that they have to go to the closest place with a shelter. So for Vision Quest, being a few kilometers outside Logan Lake, that means camels. And so it certainly wouldn't be a frequent uh, occurrence, but in last resort um, situations, they do have to bring people here. And so in that meeting with their management team, we just said, like, please ensure you only do this when you absolutely have to. And when you do have to, please communicate with CMHA and Emerald Center so that they know how many people are coming, um, maybe some characteristics or, or behaviors of these people, so that we're all on the same page and it doesn't have unintended consequences for CAM loops. And so this whole situation uh, was, again, just brushed over in 30 seconds, mentioned in one of the inflows to homelessness in our community, uh, and then took off in a, in a uh, story, in an article. So um, again, we, we have appreciation for the work that Vision Quest does. We know that it's important and we just want to work together.
0: Well, thank you very much for for clarifying that. Uh, I think that's an important statement to make, and and you know I think you laid it out quite nicely there. And yeah, I guess you know when you have 30 seconds in passing, you don't necessarily get the points across the way you were trying to, and and that's why I wanted to make sure we had you on to give a chance to to kind of set the record straight there. So I really appreciate that. And I did just have one follow up, and then I will let you go here, Ty, because we've been on this for a little while. But uh, just in relation to that conversation that you had with a number of those partners, because I like I said, I spoke with the uh, Vision Quest people here earlier in the week, and and one of the things that they kind of brought to my attention was not that there's like a... You know, there, there, How do I phrase this properly? There seems to be just like not enough communication sometimes between the different social agency groups in town. Whether it be, you know, you mentioned CMHA, BC Housing, uh, Interior Health, RCMP. Just sometimes it feels like maybe there's not enough collaboration or communication between those groups to try to tackle this issue, right? There's sometimes, uh, you know, when I talk to Interior Health, they they often talk about their 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 need to distribute safe drug supply or a safe needle supply. And and that's kind of what they do. They're not involved in housing. And BC Housing is strictly involved in housing. And it seems like sometimes people have their backs against the wall when you ask them these types of questions about where do they go from here, right? You're all trying to help clients, but sometimes it seems like they get left, um, you know, if they're just doing housing, then it kind of the ball drops there when it comes to BC Housing. And it's difficult to connect them with other services. So I'm just wondering if you see that as well. If there's just maybe something that can be done to bring these organizations together so that they work in a more collaborative way and I'm not saying that they don't but I'm wondering if maybe there is a better way to do it
1: I think in this particular instance uh, what you're referring to uh, is true that there was a disconnect between Vision Quest and the rest of um, the community of Kamloops and all the services available Uh, but that is because it is a few kilometers outside of Logan Lake and so uh, we hadn't really considered them as part of our uh, spectrum of housing and, and our system of homelessness. We um, hadn't really considered that and and then once it came to light, that's we made that connection and, and needed to make sure that uh, they were collaborating with other groups and, and that we were conscious of them and their work. Uh, in terms of groups like BC Housing, Interior Health and, and the service providers in our community, I think over the last few years and and particularly since COVID has hit, um, I don't think that there is a disconnect in in communication or collaboration. I think, um, again, specifically since COVID has hit, uh, we have multiple calls every week uh, with all the service agencies in our community, uh, with BC Housing, with Interior Health. So we really do have strong partnerships in the community and we are working on uh, how to better coordinate all of our approaches to this and to our social challenges. Um, And I think that that's a really positive thing. That's actually something that was captured in the uh, opportunities section of the presentation on Tuesday was just the strong partnerships that we have and the opportunity to further build upon them. So there is still work to do, but we are all talking and we are all at the same tables, So, uh, it's definitely an opportunity.
0: Anything else, Ty, while I have you that you want to add? No, that's it. Ty, thank you so much for this. I really do appreciate these. These are important conversations, so thank you so much. And, uh, we'll definitely continue to have them, I'm sure, but really appreciate your time today. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right. That was Ty Helgeson. He is the acting social and community development supervisor with the city of Kamloops,